0: Hello and welcome to another Industry Careers for PhDs podcast uh, brought to you by Cheeky Scientist. I'm your host Isaiah Henkel and today we will be talking with Shanta Badapti about careers in process development. Um, If you're interested in listening to the full interview and if you're interested in getting access to all of our job search materials as well as our private job referral network, uh, go to cheekyscientist.com backslash association and learn how to become an associate. Uh, If you are interested in getting these podcasts, uh, which are these interview highlights delivered to your email inbox, go to CheekyScientist.com and email subscribe on the homepage, and, and these materials will be delivered to you for free. Of course, you can listen to all of our podcasts on iTunes. So again, we will be talking with Shanta about careers in process development. Shanta is a bioprocess scientist at Seattle Genetics. She obtained her doctoral degree studying novel antibody-based therapeutics for Alzheimer's disease at Arizona State University. During her PhD, she developed the first bispecific antibody therapeutic for Alzheimer's disease, and this work has been uh, patented for its novel approach. Her graduate work gave her the opportunity to acquire skills in engineering and cell culture. Uh, she completed her postdoctoral work in translational cancer research at Oregon Health and Science University, uh, and led to, uh, she led the establishment of a postdoctoral association focused on supporting postdocs at the university. Uh, Shanta tra- transitioned to industry to a position that involves interdisciplinary work in engineering and biology. Uh, she has been leading a team focused on process development activities and new technology integration uh, for the Seattle genetics pipeline. So we are going to jump in with Shanta now.
1: Thank you again, Shanta, for being here with us.
2: Sure, it's my pleasure.
1: Yeah, so, uh, you know, sh- it's it's great to have you on. Obviously, you you came up through the association. You transitioned successfully. You've been successful in your career. You have this unique experience. And I think hearing about process development, it's not something a lot of PhDs, you know, they don't just think, oh, I can go into a role in process development. All right? They probably don't even know that mm-hmm. term exists. So it's um, <laughs> it's. It's it's going to be an interesting webinar, and I'm I'm looking forward to hearing your insights on it. So my first question is the question we always ask, not, you know, why? We always ask the question of why. Why did you decide to transition out of academia? What, what was the decision based on for you personally? <laughs>
2: so um, yeah, I mean that's something a lot of people are thinking about, and I definitely went through that phase. Um, and there were multiple reasons why I decided to transition. Um, I started off much like everybody else um, pursuing academic research, um, but I wanted to help um, people and cure diseases like cancer, so I went into a field that would be open to doing biology. Mm. Um, but, you know, when I did your first um, uh, first assignment for the CSA, I realized that um, I had missed doing some of the things I learned in grad school, which um, kind of um, also pertains to my engineering background, and I sort of started realizing that as I went through my postdoc. And I really wanted to find a position that um, uses my skills and my strengths. So um, I just kind of wanted to go back to my roots. So I once I did the assignment, it was clear to me that that's the path I should take. Um, so you know that was one of the major reasons for me as far as you know finding a good fit for who I am. But other than that I just realized that, you know, as a postdoc I was at the bottom of what I call the academic food chain. Mm. And so I wanted to really change that and I want a career that I can ascend the ladder um with good work life balance and the things that I really wanted and I deserved. So I just think that this um transition was the logical next step for me.
0: Great
1: answer. And yeah, the things that you wanted and deserved and, and I think that's a great message for all of you to, to take away with you today is yes. uh, you know figure out what you want and then realize you deserve it and it's only then that yes. you'll be able you know you'll be able to do what it takes to step up and, and actually transition
2: yes and it shows when you're trying to sell yourself because you know you're confident that you can do this and you deserve this and that's going to reflect in your message
1: absolutely and I just want to ask is have you been happy with your decision to transition out
2: um, yes, I'm very happy with my decision. Like I said, um, there was the part of what work I was going to do, and that was satisfied with this position. It uses mm. a lot of things that I've learned, which I never got to use um, in my previous job. So that's definitely amazing. And also I think um, the aspect of being and getting what I deserve, that's definitely satisfied. So there's a lot of ways industry keeps you um, happy for and you know gives you what you want in terms of compensation you know work-life balance and all of those things have improved for me um, and also being able to find a clear progression for me in terms of my career so I know what's next and what's next and after that and you know I can work out uh, a path for myself so there's a lot of reasons where um I really am happy, and the other thing is the work environment. it's highly collaborative. there's teams of people that will always help you get on board and teach you if you have to learn something so mm. there's all of these things that I enjoy at um my job right now,
1: yeah, and you know you've you've definitely excelled since you've transitioned and and so I guess We've answered that question, why?" and you know, and we've also answered what? I mean, what you're doing and that you're happy doing it. Mm-hmm. let's dig into that what a little bit more. Um, sure, in terms of you so you're in process development, and uh, maybe I can ask you you know what made you decide to go into process development over other career options
2: yeah definitely um so you know um typically when we think of transition as a scientist it's um a lot of times it's either a research or early discovery type uh, scientist position in um in industry or it's like a method development like a um full cytometry scientist for example Hmm. um but You know, with my background, I wanted to use some of the tools I had learned um, in statistical analysis and stuff like that. And so I picked process development because we use a lot of that. Um, But really, I felt that my skills of learning how to grow antibodies and make all that cell culture and all that fits well into biologics manufacturing. So I started exploring options in that field. Um, and what I learned was that there's a whole host of opportunities there. So if you think about the whole life cycle of what happens when you're making antibodies, you have someone who has to actually go to the research department get their um, DNA, do the cell culture, early work, the screening and all that. So there's people who do that, which requires a lot of skills that you've learned as a postdoc or as a graduate student in the lab, right? So these are people who are doing small-scale screens, selections, clones and things like that and then they pass it on to us we're responsible for the scale up there's purification that's a whole other um, thing we call that downstream so I am working in what we call upstream cell culture so there's downstream cell culture where you process all the material and then there's a huge focus on analytical sciences so I'm actually covering the whole gamut of what happens there right Mm. Um, So this is not just my job description, but there's tons of jobs for people who do MASPEC, who do ELISAS, because there's um, that's the job I posted on the CSA website, which is um, a problem we're facing. And this is universal to biologics production, is impurities get, um, you know, a lot of times they get retained along with your product. And so how do you test for them? You use... Um, assays like Western rods, ELISA, things that we are very familiar with in the lab, but um, many people are not aware of how that fits in. So another CSA member, Consuela, recently joined um, Seattle Genetics, and she performs that function, actually. So she's within the same org, but that's her role. And so oh, there's okay. a lot of things that people can look into. And the reason why all of this has become important is because the FDA um, revised its regulations and has asked us to follow an approach called quality by design where you need to really understand the product quality and kind of map your process out and learn how to control it. And so it's very important for us to study things about the antibody like, like oscillation, you know, binding assays and things like that, Okay so uh it just opens up a host of jobs in all of these departments that you may not think about originally it um so yeah, so you know it it just requires a lot more understanding of the process of manufacturing what the company goes through uh when it says there is different products in its pipeline, some are early phase, some are late phase, you know that means they're just um a lot more. Uh, trials happening. By the time you get to late phase, you've already filed what we call an IND. And so, you know, just having some understanding of this life cycle would be important for this field.
1: No, that's great. And so, let me let me t- prompt you for some takeaways here. So, if you if you in, yeah. in a single sentence or two, what what would you say a uh, a process development uh, specialist or manager or you know, someone in process development what do they do?
2: Yeah so i think um as a process development um scientist for example hmm. you would be uh contributing towards phase appropriate um process uh improvement or um you know product manufacturing uh in a company and so this this could be um Modified depending on what function you're in, but essentially that's where you're supporting You're supporting biologics manufacturing depending mm-hmm. on what phase um, you're going into with your product.
1: Perfect. And you talked a little bit about the different roles. So in terms of yeah. first in terms of hierarchy, who do you report to directly, and then who does that person report to? Directly and sure.
2: So this this can differ a little bit in the companies. Um, we are a smaller company. So I directly report to uh, the director of our department. Um, hmm. And uh, I have a team of two research associates reporting to me. And hmm. I know that this can be um, different because, um, for example, Amgen has upstream and downstream all merged together. And, you know, they have a much bigger department. So they could have a little bit of the- different reporting structure, but I would think this is fairly typical. So you would have scientists and senior scientists, and oftentimes uh, you could also report to a principal scientist who has a lot of experience in this field.
1: Yes, and okay, in terms of, so that's in terms of hierarchy, that's important. And again, just to Mm -hmm. recap, two people reporting to you, you're reporting to a manager, um, and then research scientists reporting to you, that's also important to note. Um, In terms of cross-functional, uh, work or cross-functional relationships or job titles even, who are the people that you're working side-by-side with um, very closely? What are the departments maybe? What, what are the, some of the job titles?
2: Yeah, um, that's a good question because I think it's a highly collaborative environment. So what's different from, for example, an academic project that you know, you're know you working on is um, You're going to be doing the clone selection, the screening, the purification, everything. But here, you're going to be working with teams. So, if you are an upstream cell culture specialist, for example, you would be talking to research to get information about what their um, target is and what their plasmid is and all of that. And then you'd be talking to downstream to make sure you plan your experiments and give them the material that you're making so they can purify it. And then oftentimes you're also interacting with some of these other analytical groups. So um, it's, it's a highly uh, team-oriented job, I would say. And then um, the other unique aspect is because you're in the process development and you're whatever you're going to do you're going to transfer it to manufacturing right so you have a contract manufacturing site and so tech transfer is a big aspect of things we spend a lot of time trying to write uh, document processes so someone else can look at it and do that mm. and so um, we work together on that a lot so we work with um, people who have um, more business background and who deal with um, some of these external um, collaborations, and so I would say that the emphasis is on skills that can show some of these um, um, aspects as well when you're applying for your job.
1: Right. So
2: other than that, the other
1: we lost we lost audio there real quick, Shanta. It- I don't know if you moved it to Hello? a different spot. Hello. There you go. That's, that's Hello? better. Can you hear yeah. me?
2: Okay. Yeah, I moved my phone a little bit. I'm sorry. It's okay. <laughs> so, You're frozen. Um, Stay so, frozen. Don't move. Yeah, yeah. I'm frozen. <laughs> uh, okay. so, So I was talking about tech transfer. That's a very important part of process development. And then um, the other part is doing risk assessments because we want to know how far you can push something out of limit because before it pushes your product out of quality, right? So we mm. do those kind of assessments. We try to figure out where the risky parts are and things like that. So that's um very highly collaborative um, effort again. So that's some of the things that we work on in process development.
1: That's great, and I want to take just a quick moment here because we have a few a few questions from the group, uh-huh. um, and, and we're going to turn to what you do on a day to day basis. We touched on it a little bit, but we're yeah. going to dig in in terms of you know what, how many meetings you're going to, what are you doing, what are you <laughs> doing exactly? But first, we had a good question here that to open things up, you know, what are some of the tools or resources that you use when you're on the job, um, and then we can use this to kind of slide into the day to day.
2: Yeah, this is a good question. So for me, because I um. I kind of highlighted my engineering background. My role uses um, uh, Jump, which is a statistical software, um, to do what we call design of experiments. It's an optimization tool, and I learned about it in grad school, but I never used it. It's called Jump? um, uh, Yeah, so it's a software. And um, the tool that we use is called design of experiments. It's a a way you can analyze data for um, understanding multiple factors that can influence your product. So um, you can get training to run these programs and tools outside. So I, I, for example, when I was back in Portland, Oregon, Bioscience Association would give training for people who wanted to learn the math and understand how to use this tool. And a lot of people, you know, think that that's a plus point in your resume when you have this. So that's something you can look into if you're interested. It's not compulsory. Um, there's a lot of people who do not do this kind of stuff at all. So, the um, the only tools they would use is like electronic lab notebooks and Excel and some of the simpler software, right? And the rest mm-hmm. of the things are what we typically do in the lab.
1: So, so jump it's software? Not very different. And then, um, what was it? Design Zen, you said? What was the other software? Um,
2: design of experiments, D O E.
1: Design of experiments. So
2: yeah, so this is this is something you can learn outside, and there's other tools um, like FMEA, failure modes and effects analysis. That's a risk assessment tool. Um, mm-hmm. That again, I went to this training by our local biotech association that was just teaching people what industry tools are, root cause analysis, FMEA. So these are the kind of things that we use, and I think that showing that you're uh, familiar with this kind of stuff is a definitely a plus point on your resume
1: perfect and i know we had a couple of questions um come in about interviewing skills we're going to turn to those but real quick i want to ask you uh-huh. so when you go in on a daily basis what are your what is your i guess your weeks on average what do they look like do you have a lot uh, you know in terms of meetings emails where are you spending your time and, and i guess rough percentages maybe you can just talk a little bit about that
2: yeah, definitely. And, um, you know, one thing that was made clear to me that uh, coming in the role that I am, I am sort of the brain for the team and the person that's, sheer, that's steering the ship. And so what's nice is that I have people in the team, research associates, who are reporting to me that will actually execute some of the experiments, but I don't have to do all of them. So it's more about planning and strategy. Right, mm. so um, that's where I spend a lot of times. I look at the data, try to find something that's interesting, um, try to see if I can use it to improve our process. You know, make an improvement that can make, let's say, take a shave off a week or two in the whole product uh, manufacturing cycle. So things like that. Um, mainly, I'm the brains for the team to decide what I'm going to do and how I'm going to contribute and stuff like that. Um, So, but but having said that, I I do go down to the lab, um, especially if we have experiments, they're huge, so we work with bioreactors and the prep takes several days, so I do go down and help, Um, it's also a great learning experience for me, and I think it's important to build that trust with the team, so, You know, things will differ. If we have an experiment, there's more lab work. The one thing that's unique about um, working in industry is how much of documentation you have. So we do spend a lot of time, um, like even including lot numbers, you know, every little step is documented. So we do spend a lot of time doing that and writing reports. Um, But I would say coming in as a scientist, it's a little more of a a position where you're putting your thinking cap on. Mm yeah
1: that's good and and so, in terms of the we've we've talked about the just to kind of recap here we've talked about the day to day we've talked about you know transitioning into this role, what this role does, the hierarchy the kind mm-hmm. of cross functional work um okay so let's let's stay on this track in terms of skill sets so we know what's mm-hmm. required, what kind of skill sets would you mm-hmm. say, especially in terms of you talk about technical skills too, but especially in terms of transferable skills, if somebody's trying to decide whether or not to go into this or how to prepare for it um
2: yeah, great what, what, question what I think um I think people really value, um, transferable skills a lot. So showing them that you work well in a collaborative team environment is important. So we actually turned down somebody who couldn't demonstrate that and said they were, they love to work alone. Um, so, you know, um, so that, that was a big one. So, um, especially for season, cultural fit is so important. And one of the things is to respect other people and try to work together as a team well and being able to deal with conflict. So this is um, this is very, very important. Oftentimes if you make it to an interview, they know you can do the job, so it's more about the other stuff. Hmm. So um, it's very important to demonstrate that. And then the other thing is how you can juggle multiple projects, so project management, right? Um, how you've led a few projects to completion and, you know, you're able to uh, multitask on a bunch of different things at the same time. So things like that. And then the most important thing other than that is your ability to take initiative, start something, you know, no one is going to exactly tell you what to do. So this was my biggest realization. They want someone, there's like a two minute silence and they want someone to say I can take this up, and I'm going to set up something to, let's say, try a new instrument in the lab, right? And so, taking initiative to try and find your own um, uh, path and try to, you know, carve out what you want to do for this year, for example, you know, that's very important. And so, I think all of these skills are not um, directly related to your science, but you've done all of this as a postdoc because. You have defined what you want to do. You have talked to people, tried to collaborate on projects, you know. And all of that is very important in showing these people that you can get hired. So I would definitely highlight all of these things.
1: That's great. Uh, Yeah.
2: And I just want to like, I want to add one more thing. So um, because this is a little different from basic, science, research type of positions. There's a lot of unique terminology. So I had to get used to that. Um, And so I would spend some time reading. The good thing is there's a lot of papers out there that companies have published. And you can get to know what these terms are, like what's an IND, what's early phase versus late phase, you know, everything. There's Um, the early steps where we culture cells to scale up, we call it a C-train. It's just a different jargon, right? So I would get comfortable with some of these things, uh, you know, terms like product quality and things like that. So you can throw that in there to show that you've already learned what the field is about. And I think that was key for me in securing this position.
1: Perfect. Are you doing publishing or does that really matter with what what you're doing or
2: Yeah, do that's a about? great question because um I I I was not asked a lot about my publications at all. Um, I, I did highlight them as um some sort of results that we got from the work that I did in academia. Um but um I was asked about my patent, but that was it. Um people are not that particular. In my experience, if you apply for a research scientist position, they're pretty particular about the publication and the impact and all that. But here, there's less of an emphasis on that. Um, So they definitely do not um, worry about that. So I didn't have any papers for my postdoc, and I just said it was a manuscript in preparation, and they were happy with that. Hmm. Um, so that that's what I would have to comment on the requirement.
1: No, that's good. And, you know, again, we keep hearing this theme, uh, you know, several themes so far, right? Transferable skills are mm-hmm. critical, you know, if you want to work alone, it's not something to say in industry. Certainly, there's jobs where you can work more alone, but uh, not here. There's mm-hmm. going to be uh, quite a bit of yeah. interaction and, you know, yeah. publications are, are not nearly as important as they are in academia um, mm-hmm. or important at all. Uh, so. In terms of getting into this process development position, so maybe talk about your experience, maybe experiences you've heard for other other companies. What did you know? Did you have phone screens? Video, you know, did you go to a site visit where you had to give a presentation, or maybe you could talk yes. about that?
2: Yes. So, um, so I followed your advice, and I was I started doing. Um, Uh, informational interviews and that's how I was referred to for this position uh, by someone else who was a postdoc and transitioned into another job um, doing assay development in process development. So she uh, called me up and then referred me to the recruiter and um, so I had a phone screen first with the recruiter and she clearly mentioned that the thing that was interesting was also my background in using some of these Tools like DOE's, um, in addition to cell culture. So um, I had a phone screen with the recruiter, and it was more about being able to carry on a good conversation, you know, having some good questions in place, and you know, um, trying to navigate the issue where you do not have industry experience in Europe against two candidates that have like five years of experience. Um, and also no official management training. So these are the kind of questions I got, and I had to be prepared to say that I have enough experience doing things that are very related and also why I am a unique candidate and what I bring to the table. So um, after that, um, I had a phone screen with the hiring manager. Now, this was more technical. Um and I really had to highlight what I had learned about the field and what I knew. So, for example, we, in industry, most people do not use other and CHO cells. They use, so first of all, we use CHO cells to make protein. And they're suspended cells. They're not the adherent cells. So there's things like this that they expect you to know. Mm. Um, so that they, they know that you've done the homework, right? So questions about the company, questions about the processes. Um, Things like, do we have early and late phase in the same department, you know, same person working on that? How do projects roll around and things like that Um, really helped me highlight that I I am already thinking about this field. So that was the next step, right, the uh, the hiring manager. Um, And and I found out that I had a common connection. He actually knew my PhD advisor. So that really helped um, carry on a very good conversation. Mm. Um, Hello, can you hear me?
1: I can, yes.
2: Okay. So this this was key in establishing the report that I needed. And then after that, he said he was going to invite me on site. um, And uh, everything happened very quickly. And for the on-site interview, I talked to the person that referred me. And I think this is really key. What she told me was that the entire talk should be anchored towards process development. So think about the stages that people go through when they're going to do this job and then put everything in that perspective. So I had a diagram that had upstream cell culture, so clone selection and all that, and then scale up the bioreactor work that I'm going to do and then finally downstream. Um, And then underneath that, I put tables that would come up and then I would zoom in and talk about what I did only in the context of that, right? So I would say, what did I do to learn about upstream function. So I did clone screens and blah, 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 blah. And then I would bring in my work in grad school. I'll say, I'll give you a little bit of introduction on Alzheimer's disease. And this is what I did to pick clones and select antibodies against a particular target. But if you didn't do that and you just went directly into what you did in grad school, then it's going to be like, why did you say that? So I'll zoom out and then I'll say, okay, next for scale up, I know that I've never touched a bioreactor, mind you. And that's, And the people reporting to me were like, how are you going to be my manager if you've never seen how a bioreactor works, right? So then I zoom into the next section. I'm like, I know what a bioreactor is, and this is what you control. You control gas flow. You control pH. You control cell number. And this is all the stuff that I've done. Not maybe the same way that you do it in a bioreactor, right? But this is what I know you need to fix if you have an issue. And then I'll move to downstream, and I'll be like, you know, my postdoc work which, mind you, is in cancer biology, has nothing to do with the job. But the thing I did was I ran an ICIEF assay, and I found out that ICIF is used to analyze the product for the quality because you, you want to make sure your protein has a certain number of acidic variants. So that's how I brought that in. I was like, downstream, you guys look at product quality, so this is what I've done, and this is what I did in my postdoc. You know, blah, 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 this is cancer, this is what I did, blah, blah, and all that, right? Yes. But everything is laid out in the context of the job that you're going into.
0: Thank you for joining us for another Industry Careers for PhDs podcast. If you're interested in attending one of these interviews live, or if you're interested in getting access to the full interview, including all of the background materials and show notes, go to cheekyscientist.com association and learn how to become a associate. Uh, you can get on the wait list for the next association enrollment period there and learn full details about the program. It's a program specifically designed to help PhDs transition uh, into top industry positions. If you would like to see receive more of these interview highlights uh, via our podcast uh, sent directly to your email, go to CheekyScientist.com and email subscribe under where it says Start Here. If you haven't already, you can also subscribe to this podcast on iTunes. Um, Until next week, remember your value as a PhD and start thinking and acting like a successful industry professional.